If you have paid any attention to the news in 2020, you definitely have heard about the coronavirus outbreak. The ability of the deadly coronavirus to spread is getting stronger. La transmission d'homme à homme est avérée. Ya son tres los casos confirmados en Francia de personas afectadas por el coronavirus de Wuhan. O governo chinês anunciou a construção de hospitais para tentar controlar o surto. The number of cases is jumping every day, people are dying, and the world is beginning to panic. At the time of recording, 15 countries had already confirmed having at least one coronavirus infection. In the bid to contain the spread of the virus, China has put at least 60 million people in lockdown. In Brazil, false information about the outbreak has infected hundreds or thousands of WhatsApp groups. So this week, we try to set the record straight and explain what exactly is the risk Brazilians are exposed to when it comes to this new strain of coronavirus. At least for now, the risks are more economical than otherwise. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro, I'm the editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report. This is Explaining Brazil. As any responsible expert will tell you, there is a vast amount about the coronavirus that we just don't know yet. But here's what we do know. On December 31st, Chinese authorities alerted the World Health Organization about several cases of pneumonia in Wuhan, a port city of around 11 million people in the central province of Hubei. There are suspicions that the first patients were infected after having contact with animals in a food market. The virus goes by the placeholder name of 2019-NCOV, which stands for Novel Coronavirus. It can be transmitted from person to person and bears some similarities to the virus which cause fellow respiratory diseases SARS and MERS, which broke out in 2003 in East Asia and 2012 in the Middle East. Now, the disease has spread to countries in Southeast Asia, Europe, and North America. Brazil has had a few suspected cases, but all have been discarded at the time of recording. We had some experience with coronavirus in the, in the past. Rosana Richman is an infectious diseases expert at the Emilio Ribas Institute in Sao Paulo. She holds a PhD in epidemiology from the University of Freiburg in Germany, and is a member of the Brazilian Infectology Society. Uh, not in Brazil. In Brazil, we, we have never had a coronavirus. SARS didn't come to us, and, and MERS from, from Mid-East coronavirus also didn't come to, to us in Brazil. So we don't have our own experience in our country. But of course, we have experience with epidemic and uh, new microorganisms like uh, Zika virus that was in Brazil, like uh, the pandemic flu that was also in Brazil. So we have to pay attention to have a very good surveillance system in order to detect as early as possible the, the possible uh, entries of this virus in our country. Uh, we don't know exactly uh, the, the transmission of this virus, how long someone can transmit and uh, how often is this, this transmission, for instance, before 
the symptoms. So uh, if we have someone that is carrying this this virus and is not symptomatic, uh, we don't know uh, how long he can transmit this virus uh, before the clinical symptoms. And that is very, very important. Dr. Richman, does Brazil have the means to prevent this new coronavirus from entering the country? Yes, we have. Uh, we have to pay attention. All, all the ports, airports, and all the entries of our country that, that this virus can, can come, we have to pay attention. As we know, we don't have a direct flight from, from Wuhan to Brazil. Uh, so it's not easy in Brazil to surveillance everyone that is coming from abroad or from Asia or from some of this region. But in Brazil, we have this, this, these barriers. So we have uh, masks, we have gloves, we have uh, gowns, we have everything we need. Uh, we are trying to detect people uh, uh, in order to... to emphasize the symptoms and if you can be a case you have to direct go to the sanitary authorities and then direct to a reference hospital. We had a few suspected cases that in the end proved to be influenza infections. Your institution, the Emilio Ribas Institute, diagnosed some of them. Yes, we had uh, here in Emilio Ribas uh, Institute in Sao Paulo, we are a reference center for, for coronavirus, and we had a suspected case that uh, uh, young people that came from this region, from China, not direct from, from Wuhan, but from, from China. This patient come direct from Gru Airport for us in, in, in our hospital. Uh, here, uh, we, we did a screening and then he went direct for our, our ICU in order to, to maintain the bar and maintain the isolation precautions. And uh, we identified a flu B, a influenza B virus. So it wasn't coronavirus in, in one hour, in just one hour. We, we could say that it wasn't a coronavirus case and it was a flu case. So I think it's very important for us to be fast in this answer, uh, not, just, not just for us in the hospital, but also for the authorities and for the population and for everyone. This patient was, um, uh, took uh, Tamiflu, that is the medicament of Zeltamivir, and uh, it was sent home. So... He didn't need to, to stay in the hospital because it wasn't the case. We, know, we knew the, the, the right diagnosis and uh, we discharged this patient home with the medicament. Brazil has faced some recent disease outbreaks, such as the Zika virus and yellow fever, which are still fresh in our memories. What have we learned from these experiences? We learned a lot, a lot with Zika virus uh, mainly because it was a new virus, different from yellow fever that we know a long time ago. Uh, Zika virus was very new for us. So we learned a lot about Zika virus during the outbreak. So it's different. It, it's, it's like coronavirus. So we are learning now during the outbreak. And of course, we sometimes we have to do more than the necessary because we don't know exactly how is the the the, 
the dynamic of this virus. Uh, Zika virus, uh, I think we, we, we didn't have any treatment, we didn't have any vaccine, so uh, we have to advise people not to get pregnant, that, that was at that time, because it was really a huge problem in our country, and uh, we don't know exactly why it, it's gone, or it is... Um, uh, I, I don't know if it God, or we we are just not uh, talking about it. But of course, the number of cases in Brazil is 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 much lesser than it was two three years ago. So we learned a lot about an, a new virus, how to deal with this virus, how, uh, how to deal with the the population, how to make the population not so um, in in panic about this virus and so on. Doctor, people are freaking out about a possible global outbreak, especially after the World Health Organization raised its risk level to high and the Brazilian Health Ministry raised its alert level to two, meaning imminent danger. But Latin America still remains coronavirus-free. At this time, at this moment, it's, it's difficult to, to, to say in the next uh, two weeks what is going on. So uh, today, uh, as we have the data from today, we know that if comes any patient from my hospital today with a respiratory symptoms, the first diagnosis flu and not coronavirus. Is there any evidence that the virus could spread in Brazil's climate? We know that all respiratory virus uh, they adapt their self much better low temperature than high temperature as we are in Brazil now. So in Brazil, we have at this time high temperature. Of course, it's not good for the transmission of any, any kind of respiratory virus. So it's good for us. But of course, uh, it, this virus, we don't know exactly how is the transmission. We don't know exactly if they can survive in the, in the surface. They can survive in our hands. So, of course, we have to pay attention. We can have here coronavirus. And our weather, of course, is going to change in the next uh, few months. So we, we have to be prepared. So we could say that Brazil isn't at risk of an outbreak. I believe we will have some cases. That that's that's clear because it's easy to come to to Brazil. But I'm I, I'm not sure if in this time of year that we are in in uh, the weather is is with high temperature, everyone is with open window. Everyone is outside, so we are in a in a in a uh, season that is not good for respiratory virus. So I believe that uh, if we have surveillance, if we, we can try to to interrupt the, the transmission, and also I believe that in Asia the number of cases. In some weeks, we will come uh, to we will begin to decrease because of all the measures they 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 did there. Uh, I hope that the virus, uh, the circulation of virus, will decrease in Asia and, of course, also in the whole world. Even if the coronavirus outbreak is not a health emergency for Brazilians, at least not yet. 
it could have serious consequences on another front, the economy. More on that in just a minute. We'll be right back. You may have seen in the news that Jeff Bezos, simply the world's richest man, was hacked. That shows you that nobody and no company is totally immune from cyber criminals. But with FastHelp, you can protect your company's virtual space. FastHelp is a Brasilia-based IT company that offers the best tools against hacking and data breaches. Go to fasthelp.com.br for more information. FastHelp.com.br Ivan Marshall, hello. Hi, Gustavo. So, Dr. Rosana Richman said Brazil is not facing a major risk from a public health standpoint. Yeah, thank God. But? Yeah, well, it's not all positive news because there could actually be some significant economic risk with outbreaks of the disease happening in other parts of the world. Because, you know, fears of global epidemics rattle tourism and kind of global trade flows. And, I mean, given the importance of China on the global stage, if their consumption were to go down, that's already going to cause shockwaves around the world. So, you know, investors were previously enjoying a bit of relief after the de-escalation of the US-China trade war, but now they are all on full red alert once more. Which is always bad for an economy like Brazil's, right? Correct, yes. So Brazil is an emerging market and it hasn't had investment grade status since 2015. So that basically just means that it's seen as a risky market. And when investors begin to get jittery, one of the first things they do is pull their money out of these risky markets and they put it into some sort of safer assets. So on the first day after the World Health Organization raised its risk level for a global outbreak, the Sao Paulo stock market index had its worst performance in 10 months. And also the foreign exchange rates went up to 4.21 Brazilian reais to the US dollar. <sighs> yeah, and mining giant Vale and state-run oil and gas company Petrobras, they both had awful days. They lost more than a combined $8 billion in market value in a single day. Wow. Okay, uh, but I mean, markets are driven by multiple simultaneous factors, and it is awfully hard to isolate just one single variable and say, okay, this is what caused X amount of damage to global markets. I mean, take 2003 when we had the SARS outbreak. The U.S. invaded Iraq at that time, which definitely skews the data about the epidemic's impact on the economy. Yeah, sure. I mean, we have to take that into account. Uh, and also the fact that Brazil has been enjoying a, a bull market for a few years, which means that you know a lot of investors are taking the opportunity now to cash in on their profits. But you know some economists have drawn estimates of how epidemics have impacted the global economy in the past. You've got, according to John Wallee and Warwick McKibben of the Korea University and the Australian National University, the impact of that 2003 SARS outbreak that you mentioned was around $40 billion on the global economy. And a later report by the International Air Transport Association estimated that the world GDP fell roughly 0.1% due to that outbreak. 
Yeah, and markets are super scared right now because this new strain of coronavirus seems to be more easily transmitted than the SARS one you just mentioned. And for Brazil specifically, can we anticipate the risks? Well, I mean, that's that's a bit too early to call. But, you know, the short-term impact will be on stock prices and exchange rates. But, you know, that's already started, as we explained earlier. The long-lasting effects, they will depend on how the outbreak develops in China, which is, of course, Brazil's number one trade partner. And, you know, let's not forget that the Brazilian economy is remaining sluggish despite some improvements in recent months. So if China does reduce its consumption, then Brazil's agribusiness and mining sectors, they may have a tough 2020 ahead of them. And what about our internal economic activity? Well, economists don't seem too disturbed right now, but again, it all depends on how this outbreak develops. And, you know, that's something that Brazil doesn't have much control over. Ewan, thank you. Thanks, Gustavo. This podcast was written and prepared by me, Gustavo Ribeiro. Natalia Scalzadeto produced this show, and Ewan Marshall edited the final script. If you like this podcast, rate us on any platform you may be listening to Explaining Brazil. It is really important for us because it helps other people to find out about our show. But the best way to support Explaining Brazil is to subscribe to The Brazilian Report, the journalistic company behind this podcast. Every day we have new content about Brazilian politics, finance, society. We also got exclusive newsletter services if you want to be briefed about what is going on in Brazil before starting your day. Subscribe now for a free trial and take a look at our content for seven days. And it is really free. You don't have to submit any credit card information whatsoever. Just go to brazilian.report slash subscribe. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle is at Brazilian Report. That's all for now. See you next week.